for tuning in to the ABC Music Talk podcast, the show for anyone interested in the music industry. This episode is focused on you, the music business professional. My guest is a career coach who helps her clients understand themselves and their mission in life. Hence the title, Mission Possible. But first, time to remind you all to go road to your videos. is for artists, managers, labels, or anyone in the music industry who needs to create video content for promotion or monetization. Rotor makes it fast, easy, and inexpensive to do all of that in one place. Head to www.abcmusic.co and click the Rotor logo on the homepage to access a 10% off discount for the service. Welcome to the show founder of Olympia Coaching, Ariane Paris. Thank you, Alex. I'm really pleased to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you so much. And uh, listeners, once again, this is one of those ones I'm recording uh, not in real life, so to speak. Uh, We're doing it over the wire. So if there are any technical sound gremlins, then uh, that's just how it is in life. But I'm sure you're all very used to it because you're all in the same boat. Good. So where are you calling from today? I'm calling from Barcelona in Spain. Barcelona, right. Okay. But, uh, But not Spanish. No, I'm half French, half Greek, lived in London, and then relocated to Barcelona. Wonderful, wonderful. Actually, all of the literal holiday hotspots there. Uh, so well done, <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, okay, so I am comfortably in my 40s, uh, and I've only ever worked in the music industry, and I've never really considered a careers coach before. How would you best describe what it is that you do? Mm-hmm. So I help people, whether they are artists or music professionals, first of all, get really clear on what they want, what is important to them in their career, because quite often when we want to work in the music industry, we just look for a job, we apply for, for jobs, we don't really spend time to stop and really figure out what is really important to me, what are my values, what, how do I define success, um, and what is my mission, what is my purpose in life. And I think when you're young, it's not questions you, you may be asking yourself, but when you get into your 30s and your 40s, uh, these are the kind of questions you may want to ask yourself. Um, in order to take uh, the right decisions when it comes to your career. So I help people, yeah, get really clear on that, regain their confidence uh, when they lost uh, a little bit of that confidence. You know, when you, it's it's quite hard sometimes to find a job in the industry, whether whether that is to break in the industry or in the current situation, as we all know. Uh, there's been so much furlough and people losing their jobs. So it's helping them also regain that sense of confidence and understanding what they're great at, what um, their unique set of skills is, so they can also sell themselves, promote themselves better when it comes to finding a new job. Is it, so it is a mixture of people that are, you know, like myself, uh, a little far on into their careers as much as it is people that are actually looking to break in? I mean, because obviously mm-hmm. you've got to get to a point where you, f- you feel like you might need that sort of help and guidance. Yes, correct. And we, you know, like in the U.S., a lot of my clients are actually based in the U.S. where it's much more common and usual to hire a coach. Uh, I think in Europe, we're still lagging a little bit behind, but it's 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 um, becoming more, more common for people to, uh, yeah, just get help, get support so you can get to the next level 
more easily and, and more quickly. I was gonna I was gonna pick up on that because you know I think careers coaching you know is a little taboo. Say in the UK, the concepts of things like counselling and therapy, which is not what you do, but they they sort of fall into that sort of bracket of basically asking for help and and. Brits are not very good at asking for help. I mean, I apologise for anyone who is British that feels like they're very good at it, but I'm not, uh, and I think I'm fairly sort of you know, typical of that. I mean, is that sort of what you what you often find? Yeah, and it's such a shame, right? That that it's taboo, and it seems crazy to me because when you look at all the whether there are athletes, top performers, um, you know, uh, artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, all of these people work with not just one coach, but several coaches. This is why they reach the success that they do. And there's no problem for for them. It's not an issue like asking for help. It's like, I want to be great. I want to achieve more. Therefore, I'm going to get higher people in my corner to support me in my dreams. Yeah. So it's so weird that it's taboo because it's actually it's, it's quite a cool thing to, to hire a coach, I feel. <laughs> and also it means that you, 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 you're looking to also work on yourself and doing the inner work, which I find is, is so important. Well, well, here's a little insight for my listeners. Uh, some of the most successful people that I uh, work with or know have had some form of careers coaching. So I would suggest you all consider it. And, and, and thanks you, thank you for sharing that because I think it helps normalize, yeah. uh, normalize it and, and see it as a, as a positive thing. Yeah, it, and it's interesting. I had a, a conversation with a future guest on the show uh, who's quite sort of high ranking, high ranking in the, in the industry, and you know he sort of said it as a sort of I don't tell people this, you know, which is and I, I sort of part of me wonders whether that's just you know he doesn't want to share the secret sauce, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the secret to success. But mm-hmm. I, but it, I think it feeds into that kind of it, I think because. But the part of the problem with the music industry, and I've talked about um, this a little bit with uh, some of my other focuses on like mental health in in, in the music industry, there is a, a fear of looking weak, you know, because it, mm. it can be quite a sort of masculine type of industry, or at least it used to be when I started in the in the nineties. I mean, you know, any form of weakness was not you just avoided that. That was not something you would ever do. And of course, it's not weakness; it's about just being better. Uh, and, and isn't that isn't that what we're all here for? Because we're all here to make our artists that we represent or songwriters you know uh, their career is better and if we're not very good then how's that going to help <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly and, and and thankfully the culture is changing because it's actually the opposite of weakness because anyone who has done some sort of therapy whether it's traditional talk therapy or alternative modes of therapy or whether that's coaching everyone who's been through on that journey knows that actually you have to be courageous you have to be very brave to look at yourself in the mirror and to assess, you know, the things that are no longer working and how you want to transform and and how you want to get better. So actually, it's it's for the courageous. It's not for the weak yeah, to, I, to I, get I, that help. Yeah, it's I, the opposite. I, I absolutely <laughs> agree, and 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 that's why I'm so glad that we're you know getting a chance to do this type of episode to share that type of message because uh, mm. this this podcast is all about sort of education through storytelling. And so, what, what better way to try and explain why this is a good thing <laughs> rather than something you should be fearful of or worried about? Actually, to that point. Um, can you tell us a little bit how you ended up 
doing this because presumably this is not necessarily one of those sort of go-to jobs. Yeah, I mean, I know people want to be teachers in the world and they, 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 that's all they ever want to do or, or whatever, but this is one of those those sort of roles that I, I don't know that people would necessarily sort of come out of school and go, right, this is what I want to do. But I'm, maybe I'm wrong on that. But yeah, t- tell me your story. Yeah, that's right. Because I, I'm actually the same age, same age as you. So at the time, you know, no one was, coaching was still in, in its infancy when we were young. So it's not something that I was thinking about when I was young. In fact, when I was young, music is my first love, uh, as, as, as it is, I guess, for most of the guests on your shows. Yeah. So I always wanted to work in the music industry. That's what I wanted to do when I was young, which I did. So I worked in the industry for about 15 years, and it was amazing. So I worked in the UK, then I worked as a promoter in Spain for a big venue. And I, I really enjoyed myself, you know, especially this last job that I had in the industry as a promoter was literally a dream job. It was an amazing position to be in and having this opportunity to give artists a chance to play in Barcelona for the first time, you know, like booking headline acts as well as underground acts. That was, I was really happy for many, many years. I stayed in that job for nine years. But in parallel, as I relocated to Spain as well, and I, I um, the, the pace of life is uh, different compared to London, as you can imagine. So I had more time in my life. I also turned 30. And at the time, was, what happened was slowly I started to have a spiritual awakening and I started to become really passionate about anything to do with personal developments. And I was doing it for myself because what I was learning was just so mind-blowing to me. And also, this came from an interest uh, in science, actually. I, I'm, I'm a little bit of a nerd, so I read books on quantum physics and things like that. And and it started that way, my journey. And um, so everything that I was learning, I found so important because it really, it really shifted my how I viewed reality, how I viewed my life, this human life that I'm having right now. And I think that all these personal development skills are things we should learn at school, actually. Uh, And these are basic, basic life skills that everyone should know about. So what happened was um, I I became really passionate about it. And also uh, following my spiritual awakening and, and so on, I came to a point where I started to feel really dissatisfied with my job as as a promoter. So it had been a dream job for for nine years, but the last few years I started to feel really unfulfilled. Uh, I felt really trapped. I felt completely guilty as well to be in that position that so many people would die for. And I just wouldn't enjoy it anymore. I would listen to all these DJ mixes, um, feeling like, okay, it just all sounds the same. I'm not even excited to book a new artist anymore. And um, what was happening, I, f- I feel that what I had a calling. So my soul literally was calling me to do something different, to do something more meaningful. Because for me, my job wasn't meaningful anymore. It had, lo- it had lost it its sense of meaning. And I think you cannot live without meaning and purpose in life. And maybe this is something we can talk about a little bit deeper later. And um, so, yeah, like I, I thought the... I was really comfortable in, in where I was. You know, I knew to do how to do my job really well. It was a comfortable position. And for me, the pain of staying comfortable was greater than, than um, 
the pain of not following my soul's calling. So um, I decided to retrain. So I did a professional coaching training. And what I wanted to do really was to bridge the gap between my new passion with personal development and the industry that I love so much, which is the music industry, and help people from this industry. Because when you work in light life, as I'm sure you've experienced as well, you can be a witness to a lot of people burning out, a lot of substance abuse, you know, like there's a lot of imbalances in this industry. So I really wanted to help people from the music industry and share what I knew and help them on their journey uh, so they could um, create uh, the life that they wanted and, and feel better and perform better. Yeah, wonderful. Um, well, what a great sort of way of finding what you want to do in your life. You know, uh, that's uh, that sounds, it, it sounds uh, like you, that must have been actually a very enjoyable process as well. Yes, and actually, like, now, now that following what we talked about earlier, what I wanted to say was that um, I was actually, I felt trapped for quite a few years before I made that change because I was full of fear. I was full of limitations because I was like, okay, I want to work in personal development, but, you know, it's not like you can answer a a job ad for for personal development. No one's going to give you a job. And at the time, I never, it never entered my mind to become an entrepreneur because I'm not... You know, I, I didn't start to do this to become an entrepreneur. It's just like something you have to do if you want to become a coach or work in this area. By default, you have to become an entrepreneur. So I felt really stuck for a few years and I hired a coach. So this is what happened. I hired a coach to help me get unblocked. And that helped me get unblocked, take the first step. And, you know, the first step is always the most important step you're going to take. So you take the first step and then off you go. You take the second one, the third one, and off you go on your journey. So, yeah, I did ask for help, and, and that was um, what helped me um, get to where, where I am today. And I Brilliant. continue to receive coaching, of course, right now. Oh, excellent. Well, the, and, yes. and I think that's the thing, isn't it? That it's uh, I mean, We've talked before, uh, you know, prior to this, and it, what you do isn't some sort of magic pill that you give to somebody and, and you know, and that's, oh, everything's fixed, everything's great. It is a it is a sort of continual process of, uh, you know, I, I like the words unblocking and, and getting yourself unstuck. Uh, I think probably a lot of my listeners will be able to relate to that. Okay. Uh, as mentioned in, in the introduction, we're looking at how career coaching helps people to find their mission and make it possible. So where, where do you typically start with somebody? So I start where they are at because I really feel that each person is completely unique. They come from a different starting point. They've got different goals, different things that are holding them back. So I all my sessions are entirely bespoke and they are relevant and, and tailored to the client's particular objectives and mission and needs and, and so on. But with, with purpose and mission, um, the thing you have to remember is that um, not everyone, of course, will be aware of what their mission is in life because I feel that we are in a society that doesn't encourage us to really think about those topics and those things, right? We're still in a very 
traditional framework of what success is and climbing the career ladder and so on. But it, it's incredibly important to discover and to feel connected to your mission and to your why, you know, what we call the why, your, your big why, because this is what's going to give you a sense of meaning, a sense of purpose. This is what's going to help you feel intrinsically happy and fulfilled. And of course, when you're connected to your mission, then you're going to be able to stay motivated, stay driven, and keep going when, when challenges uh, appear and when setbacks uh, appear as well. Where I start is like just by asking my clients a lot of questions, right? right. So okay. I guide them through some exercises, some visualizations, so ways to access your right brain, so which is the creative part of your brain, to help unlock what is this uh, this mission that your that your soul is is trying to fulfill here? Very good. Okay, so it's uh, it's a, a concentration on the the individual where they're at, asking them questions, um, and and again that sort of feeds into that idea that this isn't some sort of magic path. Like there's not like and here's the textbook on how to be successful. Uh, good luck. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not that. It's, it's you know, I think a lot of people probably feel very lonely in their careers. You know, despite the fact they may have a lot of people that they they like and they surround themselves with, but kind of feeding back into that idea of showing weakness at any point whenever you discuss any problems that you're having with somebody else that person has to be somebody that you really do trust because Mm. you know that's your reputation that's how people will judge you if that is something that's common knowledge and and it's a you know it's a it's a small industry and people talk so uh, you're sort of in this sort of environment where it is very very structured and, uh, and and very focused on on just just sort of unpicking what what's going on. I think I think it's a, a process that a lot of people probably should <laughs> probably should go through themselves. Uh, so defining success. So that that's not not simple. I mean, how do you how do you start with that? Because that that feels like a, a focus that when somebody decides what they want to do in their life, they probably have a version of what success looks like. I mean, how, how do you help them define their own version of success? Again, through a lot of questions and, and, and coaching exercises and so on. And what I find is that people in the music industry are, are very ambitious. You know, they're driven. They want to achieve great things. Most people want to be successful. But they don't really spend the time to really define in detail what success looks and feels like to them, right? Like they don't spend the time. So what happens is that you can always be chasing success, but you're never going to know if you arrive there because, first of all, you didn't define it. And And also you may have a goal and... You know, and we all know from experience, you know, anyone who's lived long enough, we know that the goalpost is always moving. Like you never reach a point where you're like, okay, that's great. I'm happy. I'm successful. That's it. I'm done. I can be happy finally. No, the goalpost is always moving. And uh, I I saw a video actually with uh, Ed Sheeran, who's obviously an an incredibly successful artist. And the interviewer asks him, like, how does it feel then to have achieved all your big goals? And Ed Sheeran's response was actually quite interesting. He said, actually, you feel very strange. It's, It's a very odd thing because here you are, you've sold out Wembley like three times in a row or however many times that was. And you just just sitting there thinking, okay, well, you know, what's next? You know, what do I do now? So you don't actually feel what you thought you were gonna feel. And that is that is key. 
So in order to define success, you really want to define, you know, okay, what does it look like? How does it feel like? What does my ideal day looks like? You know, what am I doing? What am I not doing? Who am I with? What kind of like, how do I spend my time? Um, how do I want to feel on a daily basis? Like people don't ask themselves, like how, do I, how peaceful I am. You know, like, do I want to run around like feeling stressed and anxious all the time? No. But, but like, probably a lot of people are, are feeling that way, right? Like, how, how is my peace of mind? How creative am I being? Like, what do I need to experience in order to really feel successful? Yeah, well, and of course, feelings, you know, have that sort of connotation of, you know, that's something you don't talk to people about. I mean, being a man and, you know, men are, are the worst at doing that. But it's it's funny, actually, as you get older, you do start to talk about those things with your friends uh, that you would never have done, you know, at the beginning. And, and the industry, you know, as, as we said before, you know, had been and often still is quite a sort of masculine kind of environment. And the idea of talking to your feet, you know, talking about your feelings to anyone is, is not something you would do. But of course, everybody has feelings. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but also like, look, look, like, have this little thought experiment with me. Okay. What, what she truly wants, what anyone wants, is not success. It's not success. It's what you think success will give you. And what you think success will give you, you think is going to make you feel a certain way. What you're truly reaching for is the feeling behind the thing that you think success is going to give you. I don't know, maybe that's a bit confusing, but but that's what you want because you imagine like I don't know what your bigger goal. Imagine you're an, you're an artist and your bigger goal is to play Wembley, right? What you want is not to play Wembley. What you want is like how you're gonna like experience that event and how you're gonna feel. You know, are you gonna maybe you're gonna feel you know super achieved or you're gonna feel. Um, very proud or validated uh, and yeah yeah whatever that is what you what you're looking for and and of course deep down what you're looking for is to feel happy because that's what all human beings want is to feel happy and to feel fulfilled that's what we want yeah so it's it's all about the feeling it's it's a really good example of of breaking something down to, to something that you would actually understand and can relate to. And I think that by the sounds of things, what you're saying is that what you do is you help people do that and get to that point. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's, and then, it, but it's, a, and it's always going to be a very personal journey, right? It's going to be a very completely personal. personal. Yeah. And what, that's why I feel it's really important for each person to define success for themselves. Yeah. Because if you if if you just look at success in the traditional sense of just want to make a lot of money, I want to like have status, climb the career ladder, you're just copying a very outdated model of success, right? Like, yeah. and, and and millennials know this. Millennials are all about creating experiences, having impact, having meaning and purpose. This is like one of the biggest thing for for younger for the younger generation. So. And so- then, yeah, so yeah. some of these words are, are really interesting because you, when we when we spoke before, you gave me the word contribution, and, mm. and that really helped me understand the value with what I do. And I mean, how central is that that word, for example, to somebody's mission? Going back to this mission possible concept that we have. Yeah, your highest mission, really deep down, is always going to be about contributing. 
So there's uh, there's actually a, a Yale researcher. I'm not going to give you the name because it's very complicated. I'm not going to be able to pronounce it. <laughs> but she 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 divided the concept of career in in three. So there's the jobs, the careers, and the callings. So the job is just a mean to an end, just like you need money to pay your rent. That's it. A career which where may a lot of people may find themselves in is where you enjoy your work, but your primary motivation is advancement. So you want to get better, you want to get better at your job, you want to maybe reach bigger goals, bigger income goals, like a bigger bigger role, climb the ladder, and so on. And then you have the calling, which is when you do work which is completely aligned with your values, as in like what you find important in life, and in a way that contributes somehow in whatever shape, way or form, way, shape or form that takes uh, for you. But it's like a way of contributing to the world to essentially make the world a better place, right? In a way that is, that is meaningful to you. And that's going to be different for everyone. So contribution is actually completely linked to your mission and to your purpose. Like, how do you want to contribute? What's the impact you want to have in the music industry? In the world, how do you want to change the world? Yeah, it's it's so interesting how language is is so useful in in this uh, in this process because you've got to define things that I think for a lot of people I just wrapped up into as we sort of began this with this idea of success. Oh, I just want to be successful, and then they mm-hmm. have you know they, they they believe that they understand what that actually means to them, but they don't because they haven't defined what their contribution is to their mission. To, and and I mean I you know I studied communication studies at uh, at a level and things like the maslow's hierarchy of needs and so i i have a little bit of that sort of knowledge of how to break those things down but Mm. it's not common knowledge it's not what most people have in their heads and therefore they attach it to basic things like money like position like job title you know i've Mm. had that discussion with people about job titles and one of the the companies that i work with the ceo is is yeah he's he's getting less this way because the company's getting much bigger but certainly for a while it was what what job title do you want you know (laughs) like what do you what do you think is going to help you out there in the world so that you can do more for the company you know that was Mm. that was the approach and that you can do that when you're you know in a smaller organization and of course that becomes much harder when you have more people because you've got to at some point make some delineation between departments between hierarchy and and, and all the rest of it um I, I you know i'll never forget sort of moments of going to to meet him um for many many years and there was a point where the the sort of the the attendees changed you know it's it ceased to become as much about a and r and you know label managers and distribution and suddenly you know some of the 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 venues where you sort of huddle afterwards you know for a drink would just be full of founders and ceos Mm -hmm. Uh, and and everybody you met was a founder or a ceo and Mm -hmm. actually is for for me at at that point it really started to lose any meaning you know like Mm -hmm. that that that, that title and 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 of course you know silicon valley has been a great uh, accelerator of that because literally everybody's a founder or a ceo (laughs) um but you know whatever um there's a lot of common themes i believe um because well, we, we've had a, a you know lengthy discussion before all of this and you, you touched on something before about the, the the idea that the 
globally, we've all just experienced a pandemic. And in the UK, um, I, don't, I don't know about other countries, but in, in the UK at least, a lot of people have been put onto furlough schemes. And so it, it's a weird sort of pause button, I think, probably yeah. a lot of people have experienced that's being pushed. And for some people, they're still in that state and, and they're now getting, I mean, our government's excellent at providing confusing messaging. But, you know, they, um, yeah, they're, they're sort of half in, half out at the moment as well or, or not at all or, or completely out and the, what the rest of the world isn't. And that furlough concept um, has either resulted in them actually eventually losing their job Right, so there's that sort of form of rejection or I know that uh, I spoke to a lawyer and he said that uh, he was on part furlough whereas other people weren't and so then you've got these kind of workforces that started to get divided depending on what the the job was or you know whether they could actually attend work or whether the business was still operating but the, the, so rejection was 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 part of it feeling of loss as well you know and loss of identity and, and you, you know, your self-worth takes a hit. And and one of the other things, I, I, I don't know if you found this with the people that you, that you work with, but have they also lost their support network, you know, as, as in like the people that they were surrounded by, but they no longer could actually go and see them. They could no longer spend time with them. And and re- regardless of how great, you know, Zoom and other, other video conferencing applications are available, uh, it's not the same thing. It's just it isn't the same thing as having those moments with people in real life. I mean, is, has yeah. that been a bit of a theme that you've seen? Yeah, and then like what you said is is completely right. Um, it's 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 really difficult, right, when your job is being taken away from you, as it has been for so many music industry people or, or artists over the pandemic. And again, in, in a society, we tend to define ourselves with what we do and how productive we are and, and what we achieve and our, our job title and so on, which is which is which can lead to some issues like like when you say like like you said when it's been taken away then you feel a sense of grief or a sense of loss like feeling rejected there can even be like some shame around, associated around that of like being jobless and and definitely your self-worth is taking a hit because again we we associate our self-worth with what we do, which is which is an error, and the, and on top of it, like you said, we have been isolated, and as human beings, we crave human connection. And in the music industry, our social life is heavily linked to our our career, right? Like we do business with people we we hang out with, we we mix. Um, we relate to people on a social level, but also on a professional level. And suddenly, and we also, you know, we used to go to events and to clubs and to festivals. And suddenly we're all at home and we're going through this collective uh, journey together of having more time, more space to sit and to not be so distracted by the usual busyness and craziness of life. And suddenly sitting with yourself and having more time to reassess where you're at and what your priorities are and what's important, what's not important. And yeah, so it, it is definitely a journey. One of the other things that we talked about before was uh, this idea, and you mentioned it briefly there, which was this idea of this, the shared identity. So the you know, the identity is you as an individual, but, but that can often get wrapped up into the job that you do or the position mm-hmm. that you hold or what what you believe you represent to other people. Um, 
And it, you said something when we, we spoke before, something around it, it can limit authentic human interaction. I just wondered if you could sort of revisit that a little bit. Yes. So as soon as you put yourself in a box because you attach a label to who you think you are, then you're limiting yourself automatically, right? And and maybe then you feel like you have to relate to other people according to this label of who you are, like you are a promoter, you are an artist, whatever. So that is limiting. And also you have to, if you go a little bit deeper, you have to understand that you are not your job, you are not your role and this is another reason why when suddenly that has been taken away from you suddenly you know maybe a little bit of status you feel like you've lost a little bit of status and you find yourself feeling a little bit confused as to like who I, who am i then without my job and this is where you want to this is a kind of the type of exercise i would give to a client would be to ask them to describe themselves without a job, without a career title, without any label like your profession, the industry you work in, even your nationality, your marital status, and so on. So really digging deeper to understand what makes you you and and who are you when you don't have any of those labels attached to yourself. And the reason why it can be limiting is that if you've been furloughed and you need to somehow pivot slightly your career or maybe the the time you've had uh, with more space and time to think has made you realize that you don't want to do the same job, uh, your priorities have changed. And so you, you want to like start with a blank cave canvas and a blank page so you can really be open to an infinite amount of possibilities of what can be available to you in terms of a career change and not limiting yourself to the label of the thing that you used to do in the past, right? Because that doesn't define you. So stripping ourselves away from all these labels help us, first of all, really understand who, like the human being that we are below those labels and also um, being open to more possibilities when it comes to finding a new career or a new job. Understood. That's great. There's also a, a, a sense of belonging that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked the uh, the example you gave, like Googlers, people identify uh, who work for Googlers, Googlers. Yeah. Um, how, how important is that to, to people? Like, and, and is it something that you would advocate for or is it something that you should avoid? I think belonging, like feeling like we belong, is is one of the most basic needs of human beings. You know, we're tribal people. We we want to feel like we belong, and this is why it's another reason why when you work in the music industry and suddenly your job has come to a halt, you lose that sense of belonging. So I think we we can't really avoid it. It's one of the the basic human needs, and you mentioned the the Maslow's pyramid of needs before. There's there's a, a pyramid that was adapted from that one um, that a guy called Chip, Chip Conley created. He's an entrepreneur. He was consulting for Airbnb. He's also an author. And he made a pyramid as it comes to the career. 
someone's career. And so at the bottom of the pyramid, you've got the survival needs, which are the most, most basic needs that we need to have covered. So having a job in order to meet your physiological and your safety needs so you can you know, have money to pay your rent, uh, feed yourself, feel somehow stable and safe. Although all of those things are like what we call perceived certainty because it's only a perception and nothing is ever certain. Uh, this is the most basic needs. And then in the middle of the pyramid, you have the, the needs of social belonging, self-esteem. So this is where your job provides you with a sense of feeling like you belong, you're part of a tribe, you feel like recognized uh, for what you do, you feel needed, you feel worthy because you do this, uh, you know, this uh, purposeful job and so on. And so this is a basic need. You can't avoid it, right? Like it's, it's, it's a basic need and it's also needs and there's nothing wrong with that, but these are needs based on, um, that come from the ego. And when I say ego, we all have an ego, right? Like it's not just like, it's ego in the sense of like sense of self, so these are the ego needs, wanting to be acknowledged, wanting to be recognized, feeling, feeling worthy, and so on. And once, once you have those covered, you go to the top part of the pyramid, which are the highest needs. And Chip Conley calls this part transform, and this is where self, self-actualization comes in. So once you have the basic needs covered, the, the survival needs, the self-esteem needs, and the belonging needs, then you can go to the next level, which is self-actualization, which is where you want to, this deep desire that all human beings have to really grow, really grow personally, intellectually, emotionally, really being able to reach your full potential, using your full creative power. And this is also where you want to contribute and you want to serve in in whatever way is is meaningful to you and, and gives you pleasure and joy. Right? Like this is where you transcend the ego needs and you go to the to the soul's needs where it's all about wanting to feel fulfilled, wanting to contribute, wanting to make a difference, you know, like to have your life serve a purpose. Uh, I, this is a, a really good example of how how complex and intricate what what you do for a living is because I I, you know, I introduced this idea of a sense of belonging. I think for most people uh, that certainly I've ever come across in the music industry, they could, they could feel like they understand that. But what you've just done is broken that down to a much more granular level, and and really, I think understanding those things can really could be so beneficial to so many people. So I uh, really appreciate you sharing that with uh, with my listeners. Um, is there a is there a sort of a pattern to the advice that you give? Like, do you, do you find that this just, I mean, we talked about it being a very personal thing, but is there a pattern to the advice? Is it a process that you've just got to kind of take people on? Like, is it, is it like a literal journey of, or like a book, maybe like you start at chapter one and you kind of get through to the end, or is it not quite like that? Is it, is it, is it much more a sort of, Oh God, this is showing my age. There was uh, some choose your own adventure books where you could get to the edge. Does that, does that I ring well to you? Words. I love those books. Good. I'm not alone uh, in that, but, uh, but yeah, it was that sort of process of, Oh, okay, well you could choose that. And then the story would be something completely different. Mm-hmm. So with, with the work that you do, do you, do you find that you're, 
normally finding common misconceptions that people have about themselves and about where they're at and, and all the rest of it. And, and you can just kind of step through this process with them. And whilst the results will be different for each each individual person, the point is that they get to the point of happiness, right, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So it's not a linear process. And I really feel as well with coaching, is as, it's as much a, a science, so to speak, as, as much as it is an art, mm-hmm. right? It's really... There's not like one thing that I get people through in order to get a certain result. There's many different um, things we're going to address, like, you know, definition of success, what is important to you, what are your values, what are your goals, what is your vision for the future, uh, addressing the typical fears that people may have or the typical um, limitations in their thinking that people may have. So... These are common elements. There is no linear process, but the one thing that is the, the one pattern, if, if I can't really call this a pattern, but the one thing that is common with everyone is really helping people make that journey inwards, right? It's all about doing going inwards. Because again, we are always encouraged to go outwards, to pay attention to the external things, to pay attention to what everyone else is doing and comparing yourself and, and you know, like just reacting to whatever is happening on the outside. And this is the crucial step that people miss. If you're looking to change your career, if you're looking to find a new job, it's not just about getting someone to rework your LinkedIn and just applying to some random jobs. This is not the way, I mean, what I want to say is that may not lead you to where you want to actually go, right? And to, which is to have a job that makes you feel excited, purposeful, passionate, fulfilled, and so on. So it's all about going inwards. It's helping people take that journey inwards so they can reconnect with what they already know, but they don't know they know. Yeah. <laughs> And, and ask themselves all those questions that no one is 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 teaching us to ask ourselves. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that the example that you just gave of just updating your LinkedIn and, and applying for a bunch of jobs. I think I think that's where th- there is a difference, and not everybody sees it this way. But there's a difference between having a job and having a career, mm-hmm. and and I think that. I mean, obviously, for so many people, myself included, you know, you need an income, right? You you need to earn money, and so yeah. this idea of I've got to go and get employment somewhere, because otherwise, how do I function as a human being on this planet that requires money? You know, I've got to mm. live somewhere, I've got to eat, etc. And that that sort of a sense of you know needing to get that solved quickly uh, is is often so much of the reasons why people do exactly what you just described, which is I'll go to my LinkedIn and I will make sure that looks good and then I will just start applying for jobs and that Mm -hmm. is and that's essentially what you're saying it's like sure go do that if you need to do that but the likelihood is that in six months a year's time you're going to be in that job going this doesn't feel right Mm -hmm. (laughs) what have I done and wouldn't it be better if they could if they could find that 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 headspace to go hmm what is it actually that's going to make me feel like good about myself yes and I think of course, like you have to have your basic needs covered, like we talked about before. So go and get the job if you need to pay your rent, for sure. Go get a part-time job. Do anything that it takes in order to meet your basic needs. And after, or in parallel, 
So it's not either or, it's like this. And also take the time to self-reflect and understand really what you want your life and your career to be about and why and, and what is it, what is your mission, what is, what is important to you. Because what's going to happen otherwise is that th this is what we used to call the midlife crisis. You come to a point in your life. I, th you know, I think, maybe, we, st I think you know, we still call it that. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, maybe it's, it's going to happen in your 30s, in your 40s, whenever, when you're going to sit there thinking, oh, my God, like, I don't feel, it doesn't feel right. Something's missing. Like, I feel like I'm not really where I should be. I'm not doing what I should be doing. And this is, a crisis is going to come, and then you're going to have to do that work anyhow. So... So I wish personally that I had that knowledge and those tools when I was younger. Although you know, you, we lived our life. We were young. We it was it was you know I didn't as, as I said I didn't ask myself this question when I was younger. But I find that the younger generations are much more switched on and they ask themselves those questions much younger than now. Oh, that's, so that's, it, there's hope yeah, for the future then. <laughs> yeah, and it's all about yeah, like of course you need a job to pay your rent and also you want to have a fulfilling, exciting, passionate job, right? There's, um, there's another quote um, that I love um, by Tony Robbins, who you might have heard of. He's like a really famous coach. Yeah. And he says something like, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. Success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. That's... That's really interesting. That that's a pretty yeah. good way of describing exactly what we've just been talking about. Yeah. And, and and he says that he says because you you know you may achieve all these external goals that you think you wanted, but if you don't have a sense of meaning mm -hmm. in your life, then something is missing, and you're gonna it's gonna be painful. Yeah. And that's what happened to me in my job as a promoter. You know, it's I loved this job for so many years, and then it came to a point where. I felt empty, I felt trapped, I felt unfulfilled. And then it drains you, you know, it starts to affect your health because you have no energy, you have no motivation. Of course, you're not going to be great at your job as a result. And in order to find your passion again, maybe you either need to realign to something that's more in line with who you are today, because also I feel like as, as you evolve in life, as you grow as a person, you also need a career that goes alongside you, that's going to reflect who you are being and how you are transforming. Really, really interesting. Okay, so we're, we're nearing the end of the time, which is amazing. It's flown by. Uh, so let's just, uh, have you got any top tips for, I was trying to think about how to frame this, like top tips in terms of identifying in yourself, you know, that you might need to go and find a careers coach um, and also maybe some top tips to actually just like make a start in, in, in taking that. Maybe even it's a bit like hitting a pause button and and then reflecting and not kind of just keep just pushing forward all the time. Mm -hmm. how, how would how would you expect people to sort of try and look at this? Yeah. So definitely, if you feel stuck, if you feel like you're not doing the job you want to be doing, if you find it really hard to get to the next level. If you realize you have maybe some feelings of insecurities or some fears that are stopping you, that are getting in your way of doing certain things, then definitely this is the right moment to uh, go and hire a coach. If you feel at a transition point in your life or in your career and you're not sure which way to go, you're not sure which decisions to take, this is also another great moment to go and hire a coach. 
And generally speaking, if you want to work on yourself a little bit more uh, because you want to reach more of your potential, you want to... Um, because we can't see our blind spots, right? So if you want to understand what you need to do in order to get to the next level and so on and fly, find clarity about your direction, all these things, these are great topics to bring to to a coach. Great. And, and the way to do that, for sure, is just take the first steps. So... Well, and speaking of first steps, uh, you know, one of the things that I really like about how you you do it is you offer a, a free consultation. So mm-hmm. you you carve out some time for somebody doesn't no commitment either either way, um, just to see whether or not it's something that that might work for them, which exactly. is great. And of course, I will be putting links uh, to your website uh, in the show notes um, and on the socials. Um, so hopefully, many of my listeners will uh, will uh, will just give it a go. Um, why, why not? Exactly. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. There you go. Perfect. Wonderful. Okay. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing so much knowledge and, and a different perspective on, on how people can look at themselves and, and the world that they are involved with. So I really thank appreciate that. Thank you so much, Alex. It was really a pleasure and a, a real honor to be on this podcast yeah. with you. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but uh, I appreciate you doing it anyway. <laughs> I have 15 minutes. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Okay, so to my listeners, thank you for listening. As ever, I welcome all feedback, comments, and suggestions for future shows. My Twitter and Instagram handle is at Alex Branson, or head to the website abcmusic.co, where you'll find a contacts page to contact me on. 